Hello and welcome to Grace Life Sir Lowry's Pass. We are a gospel-centered church family focused on reaching the unreached and making disciples. We pray this teaching will help you to grow in your relationship with Jesus and discover more of the reality of Christianity. Wondering what the year will hold. Will it be a good year? Will it be another difficult year? For me and Anthea, 2023 was quite difficult. I don't know how it was for you. But I, depend, I think it depends to a large degree on what we, what we ourselves will make of it. Our focus, our mindset, our choices will determine what will happen in the year that lies ahead. Bad things might also happen, eh? things um, that are out of our control, but we have God. Amen. Just like we sang this morning, regardless of what happens in this world, yes. regardless of the circumstances, we have God, Amen. and God has you. Amen? Amen. We have a Father and a Comforter that we can completely rely on. We can run into His arms and we can receive strength and hope and comfort and love. Amen. Isaiah 40 verse 28. Isaiah 40 verse 28. I want you to go there in your Bibles. Isaiah 40 verse 28. Isaiah 40 verse 28 Have you never heard? Have you never understood? The Lord is the everlasting God. The creator of all the earth. He never grows weak or weary. That's God. No one can measure the depths of his understanding. Verse 29 He gives power to the weak and strength to the powerless. Even youths will become weak and tired, and young men will fall in exhaustion. But those who trust in the Lord will find new strength. That's a promise. They will soar high on eagles. Oh, sorry, they will soar high on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. That is a, a promise that we need to stand on. Yeah. Maybe you feel anxious today. Maybe you already feel like you are not going to make it through 2024. <laughs> 2024. Here is my advice. Trust in the Lord. No? Trust in the Lord. Hallelujah. Run to Him. Run to Him. Don't walk to Him. Run to Him. And hold on to Him. This is what the Lord put on my heart when I was preparing for this message. I believe that it is a word of encouragement for all of us this morning. We need to run to the Lord and we need to put our trust in Him. Not just in 2024, but 
always, of course. Right? I'm not saying that if you trust in the Lord, all your problems is going to magically disappear. No? That's not what I'm saying. But you will be able to get through them if you hold on to Him. Verse 31 says, But those who trust in the Lord will find new strength. Will find new strength. What do we need to do? Trust. Trust in the Lord. It is a promise in the Word of God that if you trust in Him, you will find strength. You will find new strength. They will soar high on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. Amen? Amen. We need to trust God. Amen. What will be our focus in 2024? To trust God, yes. <laughs> Amen. Our focus as believers is always the same. Our focus and our mission is to carry out the will of God. That is what we are going to look at this morning. Okay? What is God's will and desire for our lives in 2024? What is God's will and desire for our lives in 2024? What is the will of God? It is what God wants to happen in your life. What God wants to happen in this world. Eh? That is the will of God. If we have to give a definition to the will of God, what the will of God is, is His desire, His plan for the world and for each of us. Okay. God's will for this world is directly linked to you and me and every other believer. God's will cannot take place without us. Did you know that? Many people think that God's will is, God is all, yes, He is all powerful. No? God's will will come to pass no matter what. And that is true, I believe. But He needs us, the believers, to co-labor with Him, to work with Him. Many times we make plans for the future without even thinking of God. Sometimes we make plans and we just hope that it is in God's will and we ask God to bless it, no? to bless our plans. And sometimes we have no idea what God's will is and we just pray, if it is your will, Lord. Amen. No? But we need to know what God's will is. We need to be clear on what the will of God is. If you are a believer, it means God has a desire and a purpose and a will for your life. Those two go hand in hand. They cannot be separated. With sonship, with being a child of God, ne, comes purpose, comes His will. Okay? Can you say for me, my life has purpose? My life has purpose. My life has purpose, and God has a plan for my life. And God has a plan for my life. Do you believe that? Yes. Do you? Yes. Answer for yourself. Right? Think about it. 
I'm, so, I'm not asking you to repeat after me because that's what we do when we preach. No? I want you to really think about this and know this, that God has a plan and a purpose for your life. Your life is not without purpose. He wants His will to flow and to work and to be effective in your life. But this purpose and plan of God will not happen automatically. We can't just sit back and do nothing and expect that God's will for our lives is just going to happen. We must participate. We must participate. We need to work with God in order to see His will come to pass in our lives. And we want that to happen because God's will for our lives is good. Do you believe that? Do you believe that God's plans for you is better than your plans for yourself? Ephesians 4 verse 11. Ephesians 4 verse 11. Let's go there in our Bibles. Ephesians 4 verse 11. Much of what I will say this morning, you already know. Because this is grace life. No? <laughs> we know these things. But let it be a reminder this morning. As we stand before another year that lies ahead. No? I know you know these things. Ephesians 4 verse 11 says, Now these are the gifts Christ gave to the church. The apostles, the prophets the evangelists and the pastors and teachers. Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do His work and build up the church, the body of Christ. This will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's Son that we will be mature we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. If we want to see God's will come to pass in our lives, we are going to have to commit to be part of church. Because church is where you grow into mature believers. Those five gifts that we read about there, pastor, teacher, prophet, evangelist, apostle, those gifts were given to the church. Okay? It is in this, it is in the environment of the church where those gifts function correctly and effectively. It is in the context of church where we will enjoy family, where we will be encouraged and built up. It is in the context of church uh, where we will remind each other constantly of what is truly important. Remind each other to continue living in the will of God. Just like I am doing this morning. No? That is why we are here. Paul says here in Ephesians that it is the responsibility of the leaders to equip God's people, the saints, to do His work and build up the church. No? That's, that's in verse 12. Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do His work 
and build up the church, the body of Christ. So that is my responsibility this year, yeah. ne? as your pastor, and in the years to come. Ne? But it is every believer's responsibility, including my responsibility, to allow leadership to equip and build them up, ne? me included. We have great pastors like Shane, Etienne, Peter, Chad, Alicia. I learn from them. We all learn from them. Yeah. Yeah. And we learn from each other as well. It is our responsibility to be humble and teachable and to receive instruction and correction. The leader's role is to lead well. Think about this. The leader's role is to lead well. And the follower's role is to follow well. Right? It's not just on the leader. The follower needs to follow well. We are all leaders in some way. And we are also all followers in some way. Right? Being part of a family, being part of church... Is going to be very crucial in getting through 2024. Amen? Amen? But let's look at some scriptures that speak about the will of God. Some more scriptures. 1 Thessalonians 5 verse 12. 1 Thessalonians 5 verse 12. You can go there. One Thessalonians five verse twelve. It's very important to be part of a church, you know, yeah. because or not. Yeah, I don't like the word church that much, but it's more of a family. No. Mm. I know you know this example, but if you are, if you look at the animal kingdom, you look at a herd of. Uh, Springboks, ne? what happens? Who gets picked off by the lion? The one that is apart. Ne? The one that isolates himself is the one that, get, that gets picked off. Ne? So if you want to get through 2024, be a part of the family. Make yourself available. Amen? Amen. I'm not saying this to manipulate you into being at church every Sunday. <laughs> I'm saying this for your own good. Because I know that this is where, like I said, where you will be built up. Where you will be strengthened by other believers. Amen. 1 Thessalonians 5 verse 12 says, Dear brothers and sisters, honor those who are your leaders in the Lord's work. They work hard among you and give you spiritual guidance. Show them great respect and wholehearted love because of their work Amen. and live peacefully with each other listen carefully to what these verses tell you because all of these things are the will of God no? it's in the will of God live peacefully with each other brothers and sisters we urge you to warn those who are lazy encourage those who are timid take tender care of those who are weak be patient with everyone. See that no one pays back evil for
for evil. That is a that's a big one, huh? See that no one pays back evil for evil, but always try to do good to each other and to all people. Always be joyful. Never stop praying. Be thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. Do not stifle the Holy Spirit. Do not scoff at prophecies, but test everything that is said. Hold on to what is good. Stay away from every kind of evil. We usually read only verse 18 that's talking about uh, thankfulness uh, and say that that is God's will for our lives. Eh? We must be thankful. And yes, that is very true. It is God's will and desire that we will be thankful. And we certainly practice this at Grace Life. No? We must, uh, but we mustn't just be thankful when, uh, when we are here at church. No? Or life group. We need to make thankfulness a part of our lives. Yeah. When I, whenever I feel unhappy about something. Whenever I feel discontent. Whenever I feel frustrated. I try and stop myself. Mm -hmm. no? And think. But what can I be thankful for. In this situation. Thankfulness helps us to get our focus off the negative circumstances. And onto God and His goodness. And influence in our lives. What can I thank God for today? Let's make that a new year's forenemen, a new year's resolution. Let's be thankful. Let's be thankful people. Verse 18, although, is not written alone. It is just. It is not just God's will for us to be thankful. That whole scripture that I read now and everything in it is God's will for us. Eh? Read those verses again in your own time. All of these things are God's will for us. All of these things God desires for us. To honor, respect and love each other. To live in peace with each other. To have patience with each other. I'm, I sometimes get very impatient. I need to learn patience. Ask Daniel. <laughs> That's just a joke. You don't have to ask Daniel. But I do need to learn patience. To have patience with each other. Not to take revenge. To forgive. To encourage. To be joyful. That's another thing I need to work on. To be joyful. To live a life of prayer. To be thankful, to study the Word of God, to grow and be mature. When I, re when I read through that list, I just realize that it comes back to being salt and light in this world. These verses are talking about living as a true child of God. To live like we actually know who we are in Christ. Eh? This is what a Christian should look like. These verses. That is a description of a good Christian. Amen. Amen. Matthew 5 verse 14. Matthew 5 verse 14. Jesus is speaking. You are the light of the world. 
like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. Jesus is saying that we are the light of the world. We are the light of the world when we live like true children of God. Many times we say we are children of God, but our lives look just as sad as those who do not know God. Say, I am the light of the world. Now say, I am the light of the world. Amen. I am the light of the world. Because Jesus Christ lives in you and He is the true light. Amen. We read in John 1 verse 1 that John said the light came into the world. The light has come into your life. He is in you. Therefore we can say I am the light of the world. Amen. Amen. 1 Thessalonians 4 verse 3. 1 Thessalonians 4 verse 3. Some more scriptures about what God's will is for our lives. 1 Thessalonians 4 verse 3. And I really encourage you to look at these verses in your Bible. Mark them. Highlight them. So that you will remember them. Amen. We are here to study the word of God. And to mature. 1 Thessalonians 4 verse 3 says, God's will is for you to be holy. God's will for you is to be holy. So stay away from all sexual sin. Then each of you will control his own body and live in holiness and honor, not in lustful passion like the pagans, who do not know God and His ways. God's will for our lives is to live holy. Paul is talking about sexual sin here. But it applies to all sin. Ne? God's will and desire for your life is that you will live holy. That we stay away from sin. That is not a legalistic statement. Sometimes we... We think when people speak this way, we are being legalistic. When we tell people that they need to stop sin. No? It's not legalistic. We do not live holy. That, this, is the, this is the key though. The motivation of why we tell them to live holy. Okay? We do not live holy and stay away from sin so that we can keep our salvation. We do not... Avoid sin because we are afraid of going to hell. Do you understand what I'm saying? We do not live holy to earn our salvation. You cannot earn your salvation by living holy. But living holy is a good thing. Amen? We avoid sin and we live holy because God inside of us is holy. It is our new nature to be holy. And God wants us to live holy because He knows that sin leads to death. It brings hurt 
pain and destruction into our lives. And God, who is a loving Father, does not want that for His children. Sin also prevents us from being effective witnesses for Christ. Sin holds us back and it prevents us from running the race with everything that we have. It slows us down and it trips us up. I think Hebrews speaks of that. Running the race in front of the great cloud of witnesses. No, It hinders us from living purposeful lives that God has planned for us. It wastes our time. No? God's will for us is to live holy and to let go of the things that hold us back. That is one of his, another part of God's will for us. No? And it comes, once again, it comes back to being a true Christian. Being a child of God. And I know many, many of us struggle with things. No? And there's ways to get over that. No? And we will look at that. We will look at that through the year. We are going to continue our study of Romans. It's going to be awesome. No? You'll learn a lot. And we'll grow and we'll mature together. But all that I'm saying is that God's will is for us to be holy. No? Let's look at the, the, the most important aspect of God's will for our lives. To preach the gospel and to make disciples. Isaiah 53 verse 10. Isaiah 53 verse 10. Please go there in your Bible. Isaiah 53 verse 10. And I know you guys know this as well. No? God's will for our lives is that we preach the gospel and make disciples. That is what we are about here at Grace Life. Amen. Isaiah 53 verse 10 says, But it was the Lord's good plan... To crush him. So this is talking about Jesus. No? It was the Lord's good plan to crush him and cause him grief. Yet when his life is made an offering for sin, he will have many descendants. Who's those, who are those descendants? It's us. No? He will enjoy a long life. And the Lord's good plan will prosper in his hands. When he sees all that is accomplished by his anguish, he will be satisfied. His anguish is the cross. Okay, that's talking about the cross. When he sees all that is accomplished by his anguish, he will be satisfied. And because of his experience... My righteous servant, that is God speaking about Jesus or himself, because God is, Jesus is God. But it says, my righteous servant will make it possible for many to be counted righteous, for he will bear all their sins. Okay, so this is the, a prophecy in, in Isaiah. And you can read the whole Isaiah 53. No? You can read the whole Isaiah 53 and it talks about Jesus. Okay? It is a prophetic description of Jesus. 
and it is definitely worth your time to read through it in your own time. No? But here in verse 10 to 11 we read about the will of God. Okay, It was the will of God for Jesus' life to be an offering for sin. It was God's plan for Jesus to die on the cross and rise from the dead. Verse 11 says that when this plan was accomplished, God was satisfied. He was well pleased with it. He was tefreded on Why? Because God through Jesus made it possible for people to be made right with God. This is what it is all about. Okay? John 6 verse 38. John 6 verse 38. This is Jesus speaking. In John 6 verse 38. John 6 verse 38 says, For I have come down from heaven to do the will, the will of God who sent me, not to do my own will. And this is the will of God, that I should not lose even one of all those he has given me, but that I should raise them up at the last day. For it is my Father's will. It is my Father's will. I'm pulling your attention to the word will. Eh? It is the will of God. That all who see His Son and believe in Him should have eternal life. I will raise them up at the last day. Isn't that so wonderful? Isn't that so simple? I love that. I really, like, I read that and I'm astonished that it is that simple. For it is my Father's will that all who see His Son and believe in Him should have eternal life. That we get eternal life simply by believing in Jesus. That's, that's golden. That's, that's amazing. When we think about world history, eh? This is what it is all about. The unfolding of God's will for the world. What other event in history is so important? Think about it. What other event in history has eternal effects? Like the plan that God fulfilled through Jesus. What other event in history affects every single human being that has ever lived? And will ever live on this planet. No other. No other event. I would say that this is the most important aspect of God's will for His creation. I believe that originally God's desire was for a world without evil and sin. No? Without soul, <laughs> soul. Without sin and death. Without evil. But God is all knowing. God is all knowing. He knew that sin and death would come into the world. Satan did not take God by surprise. Did you know that? Jesus dying on the cross is not plan B. It's plan A. Before he started creating the world, God knew how it would end. So Jesus on the cross was plan A. God's will for your life and my life connects directly 
with his will for creation, with this master plan that he has. No? The reason for the creation of the universe. God created the world as a home for human beings. God's desire for human beings is to be one with Him and to have an eternal, forever relationship with Him. God's will is for all people to have eternal life. So God's will for your life is that you live in relationship with Him in this life and after we have died and resurrected to enjoy eternity with Him. But that isn't all. God also gives our lives purpose. Because God wants all, emphasis on all, all people to be saved. He wants all people to have eternal life. No? God gives our lives purpose by working through us to achieve His will for all people on this earth. We know this verse very well. 1 Timothy 2 verse 3. 1 Timothy 2 verse 3. If your Bible isn't highlighted here, I would recommend that you highlight your Bible at these verses. <laughs> Do I look angry this morning? Okay, that's good. That's good. I'm just very serious about this, guys. This is very important. 1 Timothy 2 verse 3 says, This is good and pleases God our Savior. This is what pleases God. Many, pe many people write books. Many people want to know what pleases God. Eh? What is the will of God? It says here, it gives us a clear answer. This is good and pleases God our Savior who wants everyone to be saved and to understand the truth. For there is one God and one mediator who can reconcile God and humanity. The man Christ Jesus. He gave his life to purchase freedom for everyone. This is the message God gave to the world at just the right time. This verse shows us what the will of God is. No? God's will is that all people will be saved and understand and know the truth. The salvation of the human race is God's highest priority. Do you hear me? What is God? What is important for God? Do you want to know what is important for God? It is that people get saved. It is that people get to know Him. We do not have to wonder about it. We do not have to pray, Lord, if it be your will, and wonder what is God's will. You can be sure that you know what God's will is. God has put unlimited value on the souls of people. Why do I say that? Because verse 6 says that He gave His life. To make sure that people could have freedom. That is talking about freedom from sin and death. That is talking about salvation. That is talking about eternal life. No? That is how valuable people are to God. 
we need to align our hearts. We need to align, make equal. When I say align, it means you put your desires, your uh, will in line with God's heart for people. Amen? I don't know if you guys can remember, but a while back we looked at the parables of the lost coin, the lost sheep, and the prodigal son. Jesus told those parables to illustrate the heart of God. This might, be, this might sound a bit shocking, how I'm going to say it. But Jesus did that to show that God is obsessed. God is obsessed with saving the lost. God is behept daarmee om te sien dat mense hom leer ken. God is obsessed with saving the lost. He wants those lost in darkness to see the light. He wants those in death to have life. And he made absolutely sure that they can by giving his very own life. Amen. My prayer is that we will see and grasp this. The heart of God that is in each and every one of us burns, it yearns, it longs for the lost to be saved. God's heart verlangt daarna om mense te red van die dood. Het jy al ooit verskrikkelijk na iemand verlang? Denk een beetje. Dit voel asof jou hart skeer van verlange. Dit is hoe God voel oor elke ongelovige. Sy hart verlang. En sy hart is nou binnen in jou. Maar jy gaan nie die verlange voel as jy nie tyd spandeer met God nie. We are not going to experience that love if we do not receive it ourselves first. 1 Timothy 2 verse 14 we continue. Either way, Christ's love controls us. Since we believe that Christ died for all, we also believe that we have all died to our old life. That's important. Very important statement. No? We're not going to go into that this morning now. But that is very important. He died, verse 15, for everyone, so that those who receive His new life will no longer live for themselves. We are not to live any longer for ourselves. Eh? Instead, they will live for Christ, who died and was raised for them. I like verse 15. Those who receive His new life now has something to share. We no longer have nothing. We have the greatest gift in the universe. We have eternal life and we can give it away freely. Amen. Say, I have eternal life. I have eternal life. And I can give it away freely. That's an amazing thought, huh? <laughs> I hope we grasp it. I hope we realize. I was thinking about this and I remembered something that Jesus did. John 6 verse 5. John 6 verse 5. <clears throat> Let's go to John 6 verse 5. 
This is where Jesus and his disciples are. They were preaching, and they were in the wilderness, and they were far from any town. But there was about 5,000 people or more. There was 5,000 men, not counting the women and the children. Eh? That's the, the crowds that Jesus was preaching to. And now these people were getting hungry. Okay? John 5, uh, sorry, John 6, verse 5 says, Is it Amal also? John 6, verse 5. Jesus soon saw a huge crowd of people coming to look for him. Turning to Philip, he asked, Where can we buy bread to feed all these people? He was testing Philip, for he already knew what he was going to do. Philip replied, Even if we worked for months, we wouldn't have enough money to feed them all. No? Then Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, spoke up. There's a young boy here with five barley loaves and two fish. But what good is that with this huge crowd? Tell everyone to sit down, Jesus said. So they all sat down on the grassy slopes. The men alone numbered about 5,000. Then Jesus took the loaves. He gave thanks to God. And he distributed them to the people. How did Jesus distribute it? He broke it. Eh? Remember that. One of the other gospels says that he broke the bread and he distributed it to them. Afterward, he did the same with the fish. And they all ate as much as they wanted. After everyone was full, Jesus told his disciples, Now gather the leftovers so that nothing is wasted. You wonder why I read for you this, this story. Huh? I never really thought that this miracle had a deeper meaning. I was blown away when I, when I read or when I realized this. <laughs> it's so beautiful. I always just thought that Jesus did a miracle because he loved the people. No? And it's true, Jesus did love the people. And, it's, and he did do a miracle, but there's a deeper meaning here. What do you think this story illustrates for us? Think carefully. Number one. Jesus is the bread of life. Jesus is the bread of life, yes. The first point that I would like to show you, it says, Philip replied, even if we worked for months, no? we wouldn't have enough money to feed them. Okay, so they could not work enough to have enough. Eh? For me, that points to we cannot work for eternal life. We cannot work for our salvation. Number two, in all those, in all those people, there was only one boy who had something to share. That boy represents Jesus. Who just like that boy was willing to give up what he had. Think about that. There's 5,000 people, maybe more, women and children included. And out of all of them, there's only one boy that thought to bring some lunch. Huh? Only one person that had something to share. Only one 
that had something to offer. That represents Jesus. Huh? Think about it. And think about the massive number of people. 5,000 and more. That represents the world. Huh? The world. Jesus shared and gave up. Just like that little boy gave up what he had. Jesus gave up his body, his blood and his life. Number three. Jesus distributed the food by breaking the pieces of bread and fish. That represents the breaking of his body on the cross. And it represents God giving his life, his spirit. No, God gives. Jesus gave them. Number four. The people were sitting on the grass. Think about sitting. No? They were in a position of rest. All they had to do was relax and eat. That represents us receiving eternal life. Not by works, because like Philip said, yeah. even if we work for months, yeah. there wouldn't be enough. Mm. That represents us receiving eternal life, not by works, but by grace through faith. Amen. The people sitting on the grass. And I like how the New Living Translation puts it. It says, on the grassy slopes. So it's like, Jevels vol gras, hulle is in a positie van rest. Dis wat ons is. We can, we, can, we can rest and relax. We receive salvation. We receive the greatest gift from God by just sitting, receiving, believing. It is by, by grace through faith. No? Number five, everyone was full and there was leftovers even. We are filled until we overflow with the Holy Spirit. And that overflow is not for our benefit, but for the benefit of others, so that they too can enjoy eternal life. I never saw that in that parable. Or not the parable, in that miracle that Jesus did. That was just for me very cool to see. That in, in one feeding of 5,000 people, Jesus reveals the whole plan. The whole plan of salvation. God's entire plan for the universe illustrated in one miracle. Wow. Let's go back to 1 Timothy uh, 2 verse 16. And I'm almost finished. 1 Timothy 2 verse 16. So we have stopped evaluating others from a human point of view. At one time we thought of Christ merely from a human point of view, how differently we know Him now. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone, a new life has begun. All of this is a gift from God, who brought us back to Himself. A gift, ne? A gift is something that is free. Um gift from God who brought us back to himself through Christ and God has given us this task of reconciling people to him for God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself no longer counting people's sins against them and he gave us this wonderful message of reconciliation so we are Christ's 
ambassadors. God is making His appeal through us. We speak for Christ when we plead, come back to God. For God made Christ, who never sinned, to be the offering for our sin, so that we could be made right with God through Christ. First, God reconciled us with Himself, and then He gave us the ministry of reconciliation. It is not just I who have a ministry. You have a ministry too. You have the ministry, each of us. We have the ministry of reconciliation. To reconcile means to restore relationship between two enemies. Ne? We were enemies towards God, but He came, He put out His hand, and He reconciled us with Himself. That's beautiful. Now we, now that we are reconciled with Him, we are His representatives to the rest of the world. God wants to make His appeal through you. He is pleading through us, come back to God. The message of reconciliation, God's appeal and His plea is the gospel. Amen. Verse 21. What does verse 21 say? It is the gospel. For God made Christ, who never sinned, to be the offering for our sin, so that we could be made right with God through Christ. That is God's will and desire for us as believers. To have relationship with Him and to live a life of purpose. Amen? Who wants to live a life of purpose? I do. <laughs> I want to live a life of purpose. I want my time on earth to mean something. Ne? The greatest purpose in the world must surely be the privilege to be able to share eternal life with those who desperately need it. So that will be our focus as Grace Life Salah response in 2024. It is nothing new. And I know you know this. But sometimes people need to hear this and I'm including myself. I need to hear this time and time again to be reminded time and time again of who I am and what I need to do. Amen. You can find more of our free teachings on our website www.gracelife.ca And if you're ever in the Solaris Pass area, we invite you to join us for one of our gatherings. Our aim is to help you discover Jesus, find family, and experience life. To contact us or to find out where and when we meet, visit our website www.gracelife.ca